Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Focus on Albany. My guest today is Matt Kaparowski, and Matt is running for Albany County DA. And I want to say before I start talking to Matt that I uh, also invited uh, David Storrs to come on Focus on Albany. And as of yet, he has not uh, decided to do so. So the invitation is open to him also. So, Matt, um, what made you decide to run for Albany County DA? Hey, thanks so much for having me. Uh, Happy to be here. Um, You know, so I decided to run um, about a year ago or so. I had a case against this DA's office. I was representing a young man. I was appointed to represent him. Uh, He couldn't afford a lawyer. Um, And he had been charged after uh, police had busted into his home uh, searching for a woman. A woman's name was on the warrant. Uh, She wasn't there, but they kept searching anyway. And after a while, they found a a gun in a Victoria's Secret woman's clothing bag in a pile of women's dirty laundry. Uh, Now, my client uh, was sleeping in the room uh, across across the room at the time. Um, So they decided to uh, pin the gun on him and arrest him. Uh, wasn't his gun, uh, so we decided to take the case to trial uh, very quickly. And during this trial, uh, I gave him my suit, my tie, my shirt, my shoes. I wanted him to look his best for this jury to get a fair trial. And I uh, wanted to make sure we had a diverse jury, a jury that reflected uh, Albany here, our community, and uh, certainly a jury of uh, my client's peers. Uh, but the problem was during the jury selection, uh, many black and brown people had raised their hands. They didn't want to stay on this jury. They had bad experiences with the DA's office. They couldn't be fair and impartial. And so they were excused. Uh, we were down to two uh, black jurors, a man and a woman. And they both said they could be fair and impartial and sit on this jury. Uh, but the prosecutor uh, who worked for uh, my opponent, the DA's office, she knocked these two um, black jurors off the jury for no reason. She had no reason. And at that moment, uh, I raised a, a big a challenge and an objection, um, but those jurors were excused. So I went back to my table. I saw my client sitting there, um, Colleen Lewis, and he had just been like the wind knocked out of him, bent over in his chair. Um, you know, because at that moment, he, he knew he wasn't going to get a fair trial with you know, an all-white jury and a young black man on trial. And, and ultimately, they went on to being out deliberating for a few few uh, days. Um, he was sentenced to 10 years. And this was an instant, in, in my opinion, where, again, this DA's office just focused on convictions, focused on winning at all costs, uh, not focused on the truth. And I think that's a huge problem and to the major detriment of communities that are over-criminalized by um, this DA's office and over-prosecuted and over-punished. And so at that point, you know, it really struck me and I had decided that, you know, I needed to do something about this to bring real fairness to everybody in Albany County that I needed to run for DA uh, because, you know, currently we have someone that, that, that doesn't seek fairness, just seeks punishment. Has has uh, David Sirs had stiff opposition before? He's, he's been in office for a number of years. Yeah, he's um, been in office for – we've had the same DA for 16 years. Um, it's really been a, uh, a a period of a bunch of broken promises. He essentially came in in 2005 as a progressive candidate endorsed by the Working Families Party. And at this point, this is the first time that the Working Families Party has endorsed another candidate, and they have endorsed me. And so the progressive 
uh, base here in Albany, uh, the progressive uh, political parties on a national level, local level, they have all endorsed my candidacy, and, and I am the progressive candidate running for Albany District Attorney. And so there's never been a challenge like this um, where we have uh, a challenge from the left, a progressive challenge to the current uh, DA. Um, and that has really resonated with a lot of folks because we've been able to outraise the opponent, fundraise and outraise him uh, by quite a bit. And we've, you know, we have national support from, you know, Bernie Sanders to, you know, John Legend, his effort teach out, local support from Mayor Sheehan, uh, legislator county, uh, county legislator Carolyn McLaughlin, Alfredo Ballerin, a council person. And so we really got a lot of momentum here in these last few days. Assemblymember Phil Steck has endorsed us too from the colony. And so we have an, a, a really a good amount of momentum from you know local level and national level, our progressive base, the Democratic base here, Albany County Young Democrats endorsed us as well. And so this is a serious challenge, no question. Uh, since I haven't had the opportunity to speak to the district attorney, have you had any debates with him, and how did they go if you did? We did debate um, through the League of Women Voters, and we debated through the uh, the NAACP local chapter. Um, and the first debate, it was pretty clear uh, that he, you know, was not prepared, um, and it was clear that I was the winner of that debate. I mean, I had many people reaching out to me, um, people I hadn't talked to, people I've never, I didn't think would vote for me were reaching out saying, you did a great job there, and you have my vote now. And um, what really sealed that was at the end of the debate and the closing remarks, um, you know, my opponent basically said, vote for me so I can continue to chip away at racism. And that really, you know, really offended people because at that moment, this is, we have a worldwide movement and people are demanding systemic change in the streets, 11,000 strong in Troy. Uh, and we have a DA who says, let me keep chipping away here. So no, we, no one wants to chip away. People want to get to work on this immediately. And so with that type of uh, unacceptable vision for the future, he's no longer fit to lead. And, um, you know, my candidacy has always been about addressing systemic racism, mass incarceration, uh, and these critical issues we need to get after now in criminal justice, or we never will. And so after the first couple debates, it, it was clear that, um, as a candidate, um, you know, I'm the one with the vision for the future, and uh, my opponent is simply, you know, touting things from the past. So, uh, you know, anybody who reads the newspaper or watches the news knows that your candidacy has been pretty controversial. Can you uh, talk to us a little bit about the controversy? Sure. I mean, I, I don't know if I describe it that way. What I would describe it as, you know, a week before an election, when I clearly have momentum, um, outraised the opponent, uh, Mayor Shannon endorsed me, all these big endorsers came out, clear momentum <clears throat> at this, you know, week before the election, this last a ditch attempt by my opponent <clears throat> to lob uh, political attacks at me, personal attacks, because precisely after those two debates where he lost on the issues, He's done nothing to address structural racism. He completely ignored Dr. Alice Green's report with recommendations on how to address structural racism. Um, he only has one lawyer of color on his office staff. That's a huge issue. What's wrong with the culture there where they cannot hire and retain lawyers of color? Um, and we have a 50% higher incarceration rate in Albany County than the state's average. So this is an over-punish, over-prosecute 
approach. And by losing on the issues, <clears throat> which led to our momentum, he has had to resort to personal attacks as a sideshow to distract voters from the real issues. And so these, you know, uh, controversies, I think, are just distractions, complete distractions from the issues that the voters have already voted on. They've already voted for change, and many of them had absentee, and many of them will continue to do so because they are looking for someone to lead in this moment with a vision for the future, and uh, the current DA has not offered any vision for the future. Uh, David Soros has been the DA for a number of years. When he was first elected, did he come in as a reformer? Because he, it, from what I've been reading and what you've been saying, he's not much of a reformer now. Yeah, no, he's not. I mean, essentially, he he did. Uh, there were high hopes for him as a reformer, um, and you, know, you can talk to many people in the community, community leaders, um, everyday people, faith leaders in the different communities. Essentially, it's just a tale of broken promises. I mean, he basically got in there and became part of the establishment status quo um, and didn't do much uh, reform at all. And and I think that's a reflection of the fact that he was basically an assistant DA, then ran for DA, and then won the seat. So he's never been outside the system. He's always been a part of it. And that's a real difference between myself and him because I was a prosecutor. I left. I became a defense attorney. Uh, I've served as a special prosecutor. I've handled civil cases. I've handled criminal appeals from both sides, criminal trials from both sides. And so that has allowed me to uh, think more critically about all the issues in the justice system um, and really come from an outsider's perspective coming in. You know, he just went from a lower position to a higher position within the system. And I think that's why he was never able to bring uh, the many reforms that, that he promised. So when you first declared your candidacy, um, what was the, how was the, um, I'm sorry, I'm at a loss for words here. Mm-hmm. What was the response that people were giving you when you first declared? Well, I mean, when we first declared, uh, it, I thought we had a great response. We had some really good press coverage. Uh, I mean, the, the Times Union had a, an editorial saying that Soros deserved a, a much-needed challenge, that his rhetoric doesn't match his actual record. Um, and so we had some great press off the bat. Uh, Politico rec- covered the race. And, um, you know, in terms of local support, you know, I stood with many community leaders, uh, Barbara Smith, of course, um, criminal justice advocates, uh, you know, Citizen Action locally, Working Families Party endorsed the race pretty quickly. And ultimately, uh, um, you know, uh, it, it felt like, you know, this was going to be a good run. It was going to be a, definitely a challenge, uh, but people wanted to see that challenge. I mean, at the end of the day, you got to remember, you know, politics is all about choice. And so my mission for this race is always bring a dialogue and a progressive alternative to the current um, DA. So I think I've done that and where the campaign has gotten itself to, you know, I'm completely, I'm just so proud of it. I mean, if you, if you would told us in February when we launched that in June, we would have, you know, raised over $120,000 from almost 5,000 different people that we have a presidential candidate, Bernie Sanders endorsed the race that, you know, the local electeds would endorse the race, Mayor Shan, Carolyn McLaughlin, um, that we've been endorsed by so many great org- organizations like Better Prosecutors PAC, 
I mean, I don't know if anybody would have believed that. You know, this this has been this has been a a long haul, but what a successful run. And the only thing I'll add here is that, you know, when my opponent first won in '05, he was basically staked uh, by George Soros, the you know billionaire, um, just dumped money into that campaign. And I'll tell you this: that has not happened here. This campaign and where it's gotten to has been completely through, uh, you know, our efforts talking to people individual donors and supporters. Uh, we haven't been staked by any, any, any billionaires here. So I'm also proud of that too, that we've run a really a people powered campaign. So uh, a lot of the elected officials are back in stores, but Kathy Sheehan, the mayor is back in you. <clears throat> Why do you think that Kathy is not aligning herself with all of the other elected officials in Albany County. Sure. Well, actually, I don't think that that many electeds are endorsing Soros. I mean, the county executive, the most powerful uh, elected Democratic official in Albany, has not endorsed Soros, um, which I think says something. Um, and really, I mean, he's been endorsed by you know the sheriff, which which makes sense. They are they have the same view of criminal justice, um, you know, and a, a handful of others. Um, and so. You know, Mayor Sheehan is a is a very um, powerful local elected, and she's in the city where a lot of the issues happen in the justice system. More of the crime happens, and I think she has seen in recent events that at this moment we need a bold leadership, a bold plan, a vision for the future for criminal justice. And what she has said publicly a number of times is that she's watched this campaign, she's watched it move forward. She's watched um, me speak about my vision for the future of criminal justice here and has, com- has compared that to my opponent, who, again, his vision is vote for me so I can continue to chip away at racism. And that's just so unacceptable in this moment of a worldwide movement demanding, demanding systemic change in the streets and a new approach to criminal justice and a change here. And so, you know, I'm very proud that she has supported the campaign. Again, I'm very proud that the legislator Carolyn McLaughlin supported the campaign. She actually ran against Mayor Sheehan for mayor um, and is mm-hmm. a leader, a local elected leader, a black elected leader here that, that many um, follow. And I just can't, I can't just, I cannot say enough how proud I am of that um, because you're exactly right. You would think that these people wouldn't endorse the incumbent and they have not. They've endorsed the challenger. And I'm just so thankful for that and so proud of it because of the work that we've done to get those endorsements. So if you're elected DA, what things would you do different than Sir than what Soros is doing now? Well, I would definitely build broad community support. I mean, the current DA, he always talks about this community program, whatever he has, and I think we really need to expand and broaden that. We don't need to just be partnering with a couple of um, uh, people in the community, a couple pastors or a couple community leaders. you got to have broad across the board support. And so what I will do is what I've been doing already. And that's, I've met with uh, the black faith leaders. I've met with the Muslim leaders here in Albany County. I've met with um, different uh, uh, reform groups, justice reform advocates. I've met with different uh, women, political groups. Um, I'm meeting with just, you know, community leaders in the community, other electeds. Um, You know, I've, I've definitely read and listened to what Dr. Alice Green has to say at the center for law and justice 
Um, and so I'm, and I met with local um, youth organizations like Youth FX. I've been down to the South End Children's Cafe. Um, during the pandemic, I was out in Gilderland and Bethlehem delivering, uh, helping to deliver uh, groceries to, uh, uh, to students that needed uh, subsidized lunches. And so it's just about going broad here and building deep relationships. And that's the way you build a stronger and safer community because then you're going to get ahead of these issues, a proactive approach. Um, you know, these, all these shootings lately, you hear the elected saying, we need the community's help. And that begs the question, why don't you already have the community support? Why, why, why don't you already have a relationship with them? And that's because over 16 years, this district attorney has really just focused on a couple of, of uh, community leaders. And we really need to broaden that to make us all safer and stronger. So that's one of the first things I'm going to tackle. So um, what would you bring to the table that uh, David Soros isn't? What issues will you mm-hmm. be focusing on that the DA has not been focusing on? Well, the number one issue is addressing systemic racism in the justice system. Um, and again, you know, there's many ways to do this. I, I don't need to be the expert. There, there are experts that recommend how to address this. Again, like Dr. Alice Green, she issued a report. Here's her recommendations. I think those are all valid recommendations, and I plan to put those in place. The DA here, he just ignored that completely. And so to address systemic racism, structural racism, what you need to do is, first of all, create a space at this DA's office where you can, where you can attract lawyers of color, where they want to work, where they want to stay. Um, again, right now there's only one lawyer of color on the entire staff there. I mean, there's, there's, there's you know, look at the leadership there. Um, you wonder why lawyers of color don't want to work there and grow up into the leadership because they're not reflected in the leadership there at the, at the bureau chief level. So creating that space um, and uh, and having lawyers of color there is important. Um, addressing the history of racism in the justice system, almost like a history lesson, we can train these prosecutors to see where we've been and how bad it's been to figure out how to positively where to go from here. In terms of all the decision-making points in the process, the prosecutors can ask themselves, and they will be trained um, to acknowledge their racial biases in these moments, um, which do exist. You know, you have a group of young boys leaving a young black boys leaving a, a rap concert here in Albany County at the, the Capitol Center. They get into a fight, and they're labeled gang members, and they're offered a jail, jail or prison time. You have a bunch of white boys leaving, you know, SPAC in Saratoga. They get into a fight after a rock concert up there. They're, they're given disorderly conduct. Hey, guys, cut it out. Here's some disorderly conduct. I mean, th- these realities exist. We need to acknowledge and address them head on. And if we fail to do so now, the justice system, it, it just, it, it's going to continue to fail uh, uh, fails for, for too much longer. And so those are some of the main policies I want to put in place almost immediately to address systemic racism. Okay. So, um, you know, this is quite an undertaking. Have you ever run for office before? I've never run for office before. I'm a first-time candidate, and, you know, that's why I'm even more proud to, to stand here and say, like, I've raised over $120,000 from over almost 5,000 different people. We have local big-name electeds endorsing the campaign. We have national big-name electeds endorsing the campaign. Um, you know, we have a serious challenge here um, to a 16-year incumbent um and I, I i at the end of this whole process i will be able to sit back and say we have done our absolute best every day we've gotten up and put in 110 percent effort and that's how we've gotten to this point 
Um, and I'm just extremely proud of, of that as a first-time candidate. This, this primary is really different because most people are used to having the primary in September, plus the fact that there's the uh, pandemic. What do you think turnout is going to be? What do you think a lot of people, will they still vote? Will they still go to, to their polls? Are they voting absentee? How do you have a feel for what the election is going to look like? Well, it's been extremely hard to predict. Um, you're right, because of the pandemic, because of all the absentee voting, um, because the presidential primary was off and then it was on. And so, honestly, like we've talked to uh, political people that have been involved in campaigns, you know, much longer certainly than I have and that, than others have. And, you know, it's really it's really anyone's guess at this point. Um, what I will say is that I think that the the recent worldwide movement for, you know, a change to our justice system that uh, really was driven by the killings of George Floyd, Ahmed Arbery, Breonna Taylor, so many others, and even local here, Elzar Williams being you know shot and paralyzed from the chest down in the back, um, and that the DA didn't call for a special prosecutor here. You know, a lot of people are looking at this DA's race as a real moment of change. Um, as, a, as a selection of someone who can bring this long overdue change that people are marching in the streets about. I'm very, I'm very, uh, I feel that weight on my shoulders and I plan to act immediately to bring that change. And so I think a lot of people are still going to go out and vote on June 23rd. Um, I think a lot have already voted by absentee um, and we will see where the chips fall. Uh, but the winds of change have been blowing a very strong, uh, this last month when people could begin voting. So I'm very confident and I'm excited either way to get the results. But there won't be any clear-cut winner uh, Tuesday night, right? It's going to be a while before anybody really knows who the winner is going to be, right? It could, it, Yeah, I mean, it could be. I mean, we have heard that too because if there's a lot of absentee ballots to count, um, we might not have them all the way in, you know. So if it's if it's close uh, on election night or close enough, yeah. I mean, we probably have to wait for the the ballots to come in. So um, it's a good point. Uh, we'll, we'll probably be a wait and see. We'll see how it goes across the country too. I mean, there's a bunch of other primaries going on. Um, you know, Jamel Jamel Bowman is running for Congress down Bronx and Westchester. He's got a strong primary challenge to a to an incumbent as well. Um, so these are occurring, you know, across New York, and it will be really interesting to see how this all shakes out. Election night might not be the night that we know. Right, exactly. So in our closing moments, Matt, uh, if somebody, I mean, it's kind of late. There's only a couple of days left, but you never know who might step up to the plate. If somebody wants to volunteer on your campaign, make a contribution, how could they do so? Sure, you can visit uh, mattforalbany.com. That's F-O-R, mattforalbany.com. And, and we have our uh, our donate button there, our join, you know, join the team button. And, and we definitely are seeking both at this last, uh, you know, these last few days. We're still making a ton of phone calls, still texting a bunch of voters. We're out there dropping off some literature and certainly campaign contributions. We'll, we'll continue to uh, propel us here strongly into the 
the last few days help us buy some pizza for the uh, the poll workers on election day. So it's mattforalbany.com. So overall, has this been a positive experience for you? Yeah, I mean, what what I will say is, like, at the end of the day, I got to speak with and meet so many people from all different backgrounds and talk about so many issues and just really get to know the community so much more. And that's been really enjoyable. I mean, I I'm a really am a people person. I like talking to people, random people, people I don't know. And so it has been positive. And, and that's why win or lose, I'm, I'm so happy I did this because I sort of consider that I have, you know, a lot more friends now, you know, friends from, you know, all different parts of the city and walks of life. And I'm just really pleased and, and happy about that because I certainly intend to, to continue and stay in touch with these people, regardless of, you know, my political aspirations. It's really about building relationships that, that are meaningful. And um, that's been, I've, I've enjoyed that so much. So you're on Facebook, right? Yes. Yep. So tell us your Facebook address and your Twitter address. So our Facebook account is uh, Matt Toporowski for Albany DA. Um, you can search that Matt Toporowski for Albany DA, and then our Twitter is just Matt Toporowski, T-O-P-O-R-O-W-S-K-I Toporowski. If I joke quite a bit that if my parents had switched last names, my last name would be Perez. It would be much shorter and a long time, a lot easier to say. But uh, you know, my dad is a Polish, my mom is Cuban, so you know we gotta we gotta we gotta deal with the cards that we're getting in terms of these long right. last names, but. Okay, Matt. So we will talk again after the election. And you've been listening to Matt Taparowski, who is running in the primary for Albany County DA. And I'm Cynthia Pooler. This is Focus on Albany. And if you like this show, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, download on your smartphone, subscribe to iTunes if you have a comment about the show, hashtag Focus on Albany. Matt, good luck Tuesday, and thank you, everybody, for listening. Have a great day. Awesome. Thank you so much. Appreciate it.